0: An update today on the progress at Pennsboro Speedway, the story of a commenter calling me an idiot and then deleting their post, and the insane amount of racing the late model teams have already done in 2024. Let's go. It's Tuesday, February 27th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Lucas and the World of Outlaws are done in Georgia and Florida now for the Speed Week's portion of the season that is following Saturday's, uh, last Saturday's finale at Golden Isles for Lucas. We won't see either national tour now for a month with racing set to resume later in March. Over the next few weeks, the focus in Dirtland model Racing will be on some of the regional stuff with the Spring Nationals getting going. You got March Madness coming up at Cherokee. You got the Comp Cams opener. The Hunt the Front series opens at Talladega, among others. I was in looking through some early season numbers this morning and one thing really stood out to me. And that's the number of times some of these guys have already raced in 2024. For some comparison, the most that any sprint car team has run to this point is 8 races. Several teams have run all 4 outlaw shows and all 4 high limit races. That doesn't even come close to some of the late model guys. The first one I looked at was Brandon Shepard. He ran a few nights of Wild West Shootout, and he's run basically everything down south. His current total is 23 races completed. So seeing that number, that made me dig in to find out who has the most so far. Uh, The next guy on the list who I checked out was Mike Marler. He's a guy that was at Vado as well. He's actually at 24 races total, including a bunch of Outlaw and Lucas shows as well. From there, the easy one to always look at is Tyler Erb. He's never afraid to run 100 plus shows a season, and we know he's been super uh, super active already. He's got 25 races through Golden Isles. He ran everything at Vado, all of the Lucas shows. He ran Outlaws at Volusia for DCN and a crate race at Brunswick. He did not run the early outlaw, ni- uh, outlaw Nights in January at Volusia, though. But even with that much racing, he's not the leader right now in Dirt Late Model Starts. That title belongs to Drake Troutman. He's run 26 race nights up to this point, all six at Vado, all four outlaw nights, the three dirt car shows at Volusia, and every Lucas race. That's a lot of highway miles and a lot of seat time. And what none of these numbers even include are the test and practice days that have been available as well. There were two official practice nights at Vado, plus official extra track time at Golden Isles, Ocala, Altec, and East Bay. And then that doesn't include all of the extra testing, some of the private stuff that some of these teams uh, have done as well. Through this last Saturday night, there had only been 55 days so far this year. That means Troutman had raced every 2.1 nights. But several drivers have been in the car for easily well over 30 days so far. So that means at a minimum, they're in the seat every 1.8 days. That's absolutely bananas. I know most of these teams and drivers haven't seen their houses in a few months, so hopefully they're getting some downtime over the next few weeks before things start to ramp back up again, because they've certainly earned it. In West Virginia, the situation at Pennsboro Speedway is something we've been talking about for a while now. I first mentioned uh, its revival here on The Daily Show back in October of 2022. Since then, there's been progress at the facility, including a now-abandoned plan to create a smaller oval that saw significant dirt work happen on what was originally part of the infield and one straightaway. But in January of this year, Barry Braun and XR pivoted to instead bringing back the big track after working with local officials. The first race is scheduled for May 25th, but a warm winter has allowed them to get started on bringing that narrow, egg-shaped half-mile back to more modern standards. Just a few days ago, over on the Pennsboro Facebook page, images and videos were shared of the widening process beginning uh, for the track surface. You can see heavy equipment uh, on the property. There's dozers and excavators, and they've already made what looks to be pretty significant progress. Lots of challenges remain, though, with the creeks and the bridges still needing to be dealt with. Uh, If you aren't aware, there are actually two creeks that effectively traverse the track itself, with bridges in the middle of one straightaway. There's one into Turn 1 and another into Turn 3. All will need to be widened along uh, with that service and brought up to current standards. One of the posts does say that the corners and bridges will be addressed in the next phase of work. We are currently in Phase 1, so all of that will happen in Phase 2. Other areas that need to be improved at Pensboro uh, include bathroom and concession buildings, where they're going to have the pit area, plus parking and seating. In the past, the infield was actually used as the pits, and that could certainly happen again. There would just have to be some modifications on the current grounds. The hillside seating will certainly return as well, but parking was always tricky in the past, so that's definitely a challenge they're going to have to overcome. It's no doubt going to be a busy next few months at Pennsboro in the lead up to their 2024 schedule of races. You can see all of these videos and photos over at facebook.com slash Magic. They've got some drone stuff over there, so uh, check that out if you are curious. Uh, before we shut it down today, I wanted to jump back to Sunday's show for a second, uh, where we talked about the high limit. Or uh, Well, we talked about High Limit and the prospect of promoting races and selling tickets. High Limit had a light Thursday crowd at Golden Isles, and my main point on that Sunday show was that some tracks in this first big season are going to present risks. Golden Isles, obviously in the heart of late model country, uh, not a lot of sprint car races happen there, and it potentially won't be the last time we see a light crowd. Ramping up ticketing and marketing operations is no small hill to climb, and it's an area where their main competitor in World Racing Group, with the word of outlaws, has a significant advantage. WRG has been doing this a very long time. They have a staff of people to handle these things at this point, and High Limit will get there. It's just not going to happen overnight. As we talk about the business of dirt racing, these are the areas where I want to shine a light for you guys so you understand what happens behind the scenes and it gives you context for these situations. I mentioned on that Sunday show about High Limit starting from scratch. And I had a commenter call me an idiot because according to them, High Limit wasn't starting from scratch. I seemed to clearly have forgotten that they had purchased the All-Stars. And in my reply to their unnecessarily nasty comment, I reminded them that the All-Stars didn't sell tickets to their events. So High Limit didn't inherit anything in the department of buying the series. The All-Stars survived on sanctioned fees and sponsorships and things like ticket sales were left to the racetracks. They didn't have anything resembling a ticket and event marketing department for High Limit to get. High Limit has chosen a model, though, more resembling what World Racing Group does in trying to own more of that stack. So, yes, they are effectively starting from scratch. Interestingly enough, that commenter has since deleted their post after my reply. As they move through the season, each High Limit event will be a learning experience. Brad Sweet certainly promoted races before when you talk about Silver Dollar and some of the past Outlaw shows at Placerville. And Kendra Jacobs brings in plenty of past knowledge from her, you know, various jobs, Flow Racing, Knoxville, and and some of her NASCAR stuff. But they will still have a lot to absorb for the right mix of event marketing and what's going to actually work on a night-to-night basis. And none of this is a knock or a criticism, a high limit. It's just the reality of what they're going to face. And I think it's important information to know when you see a light crowd. One of my biggest objectives with this entire Dirt Tracker project is to help educate where I can And my hope is that we're all smarter dirt racing fans after each show. And that includes in the areas of uh, things like the business of dirt racing. All right, that's it for the daily today. Uh, If you want some uh, racing action tonight, IMCA Modifieds and Stock Cars are on track at Northwest Florida. You can find links to that broadcast over at dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. And that page is a great page to check out every single day, uh, uh, every single day to see what your streaming options are. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.